0: Looking to get caught side of Von Le away from David 3 1 running three points. Reading,
1: hello, and welcome to the Elm Park Boroughs preview podcast in association with the Reading Chronicle. I'm here again with Matt Joy. How are you doing, Matt?
0: Yeah, very well, very well. Thank you. Looking forward to, uh, to the game tomorrow night.
1: Uh, you just froze it exactly the wrong time there, so I'm hoping that we only lost a bit of that. I'm assuming you were good anyway.
0: Yes, yes,
1: very well, very well. <laughs> um, well, it was a good week for Reading in general. Last week we said that four points out of the weekend would probably be a good return, and we got four points out of the weekend. Um, Panovic seemed pretty happy, Reading fans seemed pretty happy.
0: Yeah, I think the Derby game, as we said, was the, the one that you'd been targeting three points ahead of the game. Barnsley, obviously, there was the, the João miss that I'm sure we'll move on to, but I think if you take that that miss out of the game, then you would probably struggle to make a very strong argument to say Reading deserved all three points. Um, I think Barnsley were were good and and they they would probably look at that game and think, yeah, perhaps we we should have taken all three points. It was one of those where a draw, considering both sides could probably make plausible arguments why they should have maybe had the three points, a draw was probably a fair result. And as for Derby... A game full of uh, some great goals, most notably, say, and in fairness, Lawrence's goal was an absolute thunderbolt. So a great game full of goals, but uh, nice to see Pushkast and Joe also getting on the score sheet in that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I was one of the fans that was a bit annoyed that we didn't come out of the Barnsley game with more, considering as their goal was all Reading's own making, like Yerdon giving away a silly penalty. And then, as you pointed out, Reading had... Not just the Zhao miss, but May Tater on goal as well. Like there were there are a few that I think I think most people would have wanted us to score more than one given the chances that we ended up having.
0: Yeah, and that's a that's a very fair point. But then again, you know, conversely, Barnsley had a, a goal disallowed late on, which I must admit I've not seen back, but the general gist of it is if that happened down the other end, I think a few reading fans may be feeling a little bit uh, hard done by. They also hit the post when I think Rafael came out and and dropped a bit of a clanger and luckily wasn't punished. So they could arguably have had two or three as well. So it's it was one of those where it was a very exciting second half and certainly as the game developed, you thought it could be one of those where they they sneak something late on. So perhaps it was the the tension that I was lucky enough to feel in the ground where by the end of the game I was like, I was quite relieved that um, that Reading did at least come back with something. Perhaps I wouldn't have been as relieved if we hadn't picked up all three points on Monday. Admittedly, but that has um, certainly certainly helped soften the blow of Giles' miss, should we say?
1: Yeah, and especially with teams in and around us, also. Well, it, to be fair, the teams around us are all picking up points, but the teams above us seem to be stuttering a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, Bournemouth. Uh, I think they picked, only got a draw in midweek, and and Brentford. Sorry, was it Brentford? They only got a draw in midweek. I had to tell a yeah. lie, and. Um, Swansea their form hasn't been the best so it is really set up for a grandstand finish for the season I think whereas maybe two or three weeks ago or two or three you know game weeks ago take away the international break you might have been thinking it's a foregone conclusion for perhaps the top four now it's looking certainly less certain and with 18 points still to play for I don't think anyone from probably Watford down will be you know 100% confident of a, of a top six finish
1: yeah, I mean, it is all getting quite congested. Um, as I as I mentioned, Panovic did seem pretty happy with the weekend's work. One of the things that he did touch on was Elise's celebration, which we talked about post-match and for Derby. Um, just to kind of talk us through what he said about it, Matt.
0: Yeah, it was quite an interesting one. I mean, it was so, obviously that something that got a lot of the conversation going on social media during the, the game and and after the game, and you know, on the podcast. And, I asked Panovic about it and he, with those sort of things you're expecting, you know, the, the gaffer to say something along the lines of, well, you know, he did not really touch on it too much and he said he didn't want to bite. One of the quotes, I think, it was quite interesting, he said, if he has something to say, he should say it to me, which perhaps, I don't know whether that was necessarily the best thing to say because it, it certainly looked to create or looked to sound like there's a little bit of friction between the pair, whether there's a, a touch of frustration from Elite uh you know, that he's not been offered a new of the deal, the, the negotiations haven't gone the way he wanted. I think with the way he did it, there was, you know, there's no ambiguity. There's no cause for, you know, debate on what he meant. It was pretty obvious as to, you know, what he was alluding to. So, yeah, it's, you know, Branovich said he's a young lad. He, he likes the attention and, you know, by all means, he thoroughly warrants it, especially with goals like he scored against Friday. Uh, against Derby on Monday, sorry, not Friday. Um, it was an absolutely superb goal, And it's certainly best, pleased.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess, especially with Pavic's comments, two and two do often make four. Um, I, I guess we'll have to see how it plays out. If, if Reading don't get promoted, then talk of a contract extension may be almost wholly irrelevant in some ways. Um, some of Panavich's other comments, he was talking about, well, some, some more contract extensions with Morrison and McIntyre. Um, they both seem to be going fairly well, although his comments about Morrison's were a little bit odd.
0: Yeah, I think with Morrison, he said there's, you know, a lot of stuff to do with um, you know confidentiality and he can't say too much, but he, he said that you know, talks are ongoing with the two, and he said with with McIntyre, he's got faith that he'll be here for a long time. I think out of all the the young lads that have come through and you know burst onto the scene this year, given McIntyre's allegiance to the club, obviously, you know, his relationship with the the supporters and his you know his own support of the club. and you would have looked at him as probably the one who'll be the most concrete of staying. Um with uh, Morrison, he said that he's very confident that he'll be with us next year and for for more time after that so that's I think good news I think those two have been you know brilliant in their own in their own rights obviously offer different things McIntyre you look at or I think he's you know you've looked at him over the last sort of 12 months 18 months and you think he is a a ready-made Reading captain in in the you know in the making and I, I think that's he would be very very happy with that and I don't think with with McIntyre. Also, I don't think that necessarily he'd have a huge amount of suitors in the top flight. Um, I think he, you know, he's, he's a very good championship defender and he's shown that. But he, he probably hasn't garnered as many uh, headlines as some of the other players do. So for him, you think is he going to get a move to that he would see as a better club for him than the the, the club he supports? So um, yeah, I think those two. I would say if you know I had to put money on those two either staying or, or not signing on, I would be quite confident that those two would would be uh, here next year.
1: Do we think there's any kind of games being played in in relation to uh, if Reading do or don't go up to the Premier League? Um, then maybe Morrison, in particular, I, I I feel like a lot of people are equating his situation to Casper's gawks last time we went up. Do we think mm. that's in play? Um. I think
0: it's pure speculation either way, you know, you, you without knowing what goes on behind closed doors and what's going on, you know, in the minds of those making the the decisions, it's it's tough to say. Perhaps there is an element of that. Obviously Morrison has had a few injury problems in the closing stages of this season, but so you you look at that and you think, okay, could you rely on a, a man of, you know, his age, you know, getting an experienced centre off, shall we say? But then again, you know, he was never present before his first injury. So the fitness concerns, I don't think is necessarily there, and in terms of his quality, he's shown throughout the season that he's you know so solid, especially in the air. You know, dealing with onslaughts, there's not many people that you want uh, over him at, at the back at this level. So perhaps there's an element of that, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't like to to speculate without meaning to sound like too much of a, a politician. Because put simply, I do not know.
1: Yeah, I mean, not knowing what goes on behind the club is an issue when it comes to doing podcasts like this isn't it um but also so we, yeah. we also have yeah, sorry uh we've got two more players uh who are out injured as well uh, although to be fair i haven't really touched on that paunovic also said that morrison and McIntyre are both out for the season or until the playoffs at the very least
0: yeah and that's that was uh, a, a tweet that garnered a bit again garnered a bit of attention because i said that you know, Morrison will be back for the playoffs. And I think a few people took that as if Kanovic was saying, we're going to be in the playoffs. By all means, that's not what he meant. He, he yeah, he said at post-match that basically, should we reach the playoffs, we'll be hoping to have him back, yeah, there or thereabouts. Same with McIntyre. But uh, more promising news with Omar Richards. He looks like he'll be fit for tomorrow's game, which is, you know, a massive boost given the quality of him. Although, you know, Lewis Gibson has, has filled in in that role and done a spectacular job in recent weeks. John Swift looks like he's nearing a return, but he's been nearing a return for a while now. But as we sort of touched on before we hit record, that with Swift, I think they're erring on the side of caution. You know, he's had two long-term injuries this year, and in an in an area of the side where Reading are not, you know, short-staffed. There's there's plenty of options in that central midfield role. Um, I don't think they want to rush him back and, and risk making it a, you know, a consistent issue. Uh, and Felipe Aruna also looks like he may feature uh, before the end of the season. They, he was due to either go and have surgery or have one more treatment with the club's medical staff. They opted for the medical staff treatment. I think surgery would have definitely ruled him out for the remainder of the campaign. But the uh, the the last treatment that he was offered seems to have been working well, or seems to have worked well. He's back in training, and Panovic hopes that you know he can build up his match fitness and. With the exception of any you know setbacks, he'll be back to play some part in the running.
1: With all those injuries, the team virtually picks itself at the minute. The one position where there is some debate is the striker. Has Paunovic kind of given any hints as to whether he'll retain Puskas or bring Zhao back in?
0: Uh no. <laughs> in truth, he didn't you know really give too much away on that front. It's a tough one. I mean, you know, both scored last week. Both have got, um, you know, you can argue for both. I, I may be tempted to go for Pushgas just because I think he brings a little bit more in terms of energy and in terms of you know closing down the opposition. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a case where Reading you know dominate the ball at Vicarage Road. I think it's going to be such as the you know the confidence that, that Watford will be going into the game with. I don't think that. Reading will be on the front foot for long periods, so I think there may be a, a lot of hard yards needed, and you may suggest that Pushkas is better suited to that. But then conversely, you could make a logical argument that Zhao's hold-up play may allow some of the uh, midfield players to, to, you know, to play off him, and if Reading are looking to break, so it is six or one half a dozen the other. Now I think it's a bit of a flip of the coin moment. I, I would be relatively happy, and I could I could see why you would pick either but um i think again if if, if you press me on it, i think we may see push gas from the start so by all means expect lucas shell to start
1: i mean i do say the team picks itself we have seen some left field decisions from Paulo. i i'm not expecting any are, are you N-
0: again put simply no i i don't think at this stage he'll want to experiment too much i think you know he'll know what he's up against with Watford. There'll be a game plan in place, and the game plans, you know, they, they do change from from week to week. But you want to keep a a relative semblance of consistency in selection, just to you know get everyone performing at the level they want or Panovich wants. And such was the performance level. Perhaps not in the first half against Derby, I thought it was a pretty abject display ahead of Elise's goal. But I think in the second half it was much improved and. You would have thought that they'll want to keep that momentum going. Should Reading have any chance of you know springing a shock up at up at Watford?
1: Yeah, I mean we did beat them at the Medeski, but I just wonder how much Paunovic and the the team around him will have actually have got to study Watford's game, given how you know how many games we have played this season in such a short amount of time with the mm. with the uh, new manager that Watford have. Um, but we have seen that panovic likes to set up his team almost to negate the opposition. So are we expecting this to be a close match? Um, I, I'm assuming that there won't be many goals in it.
0: Uh, I would probably yeah, I would probably agree with that. It's interesting you actually mentioned uh, you know the, the game earlier in the season. Panovic said that we've already proven that you know we can be, beat this side with injuries. I think you alluded to uh, Lucas jao's absence that day. George Pushkas obviously got the solitary goal and he said that they're going to be using that as motivation that, you know, we can get, we can get a result as there's not going to be a fear, I don't think, in the team, whether the Watford's quality ultimately wheels out and, you know, they pick up the win. That that may, may be the case. We don't know yet, obviously, but I don't think there's going to be any sense of dread. But yeah, I think Reading will be relatively comfortable to sort of sit back, soak up a soak up a, a fair amount of pressure because we have seen throughout the season that, you know, Reading don't concede you know, massive amounts of goals when they do that. You look at Swansea, I think, is a, a, a the best example of that Swansea away. You know, it was a real backs against the wall afternoon or evening as it was in that game. You know, Swansea had a lot of the ball, a lot of chances. I think we were thanked, had uh, Raphael to thank for producing a number of incredible stops that night. But, We've shown that we can, you know, sit back and and soak it up, and you know have that faith in the in the back line. Obviously, we will be without McIntyre and, and Morrison, but Holmes has looked decent at centre half. Richards back in and year, Don, with with more. You, you'd be confident that those those four can, with with Lauren and uh, Ajara, not Ajara, with Lauren and Rinamota sitting in front. You would definitely be confident that you could soak up a, a fair bit. My only worry would be should Watford break through early how that may ultimately, you know, play out.
1: Yeah, I mean, Reading haven't been great when conceding the first goal this year, so it's never good. Um, just before we come to score predictions, and I'll let you know now, I'm not going to leave you in the lurch this time. I, I have got one. Um, do we think the fact that Reading are consistently playing on Friday nights before the rest of the other teams play, it, is that a positive? To like have the Has Pauno mentioned that, or do you get a sense from any of the players that that's, factoring into
0: their thinking at all yeah apparently chad did did mention that he did briefly touch on that yesterday in the in the press conference he said you know it's it's a good position to be in to be able to have a significant impact not only on reading season but potentially on other club seasons uh, and weekends before they play i think that yeah i think it can only be seen as a benefit you mean if if reading don't get the win or or lose, there will be that pressure to chase back to say, right, it's a massive game now. We need to, you know, we need to capitalize on Reading slip up. Whereas if you, you know, you, you get the get the win, and then it's all, all the pressure goes to the other side. So I don't think there's any ways in which that, you know, clubs like Bournemouth will have a an easier game, no matter how the the result goes on Friday night. So, Ipanovic is is hopeful that he can you know lay down a marker early on in the weekend and. I think yeah, it can only be a it can only really be a good thing for them.
1: Right, so we come to that time score predictions. I personally, because I'll I'll let you have some time to think about it. I think uh, a one-one <laughs> would do us quite nicely. Uh, just just getting anything from Watford, I think, would be a benefit. Yeah, I,
0: I would agree, but I, I think Watford might be too strong. I think my my head or my heart, sorry, says you know, Reading will, will go and spring a spring and upsetting and get some points on the board. But I think such as, you know, the quality of Watford and how good they've looked in recent weeks, this game and the Norwich game later on in the running would be the two where I'm looking at and thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm not hugely optimistic. So I think it may end up being uh, a narrow defeat. I'm saying that hoping that I'm proven wrong, but I think it may be a defeat by by a solitary
1: goal. Uh, are we allowed to say that in this Well podcast? I feel, I feel, I feel like we should only be saying positive things.
0: I think we should but at the same time, you know, I am a realist and I it's there would be no shame in, you know, losing uh by, uh, by a solitary goal to to a club that's, you know, up in the top 2. But yeah, like I said I have to I have to for my own professional integrity, I have to try and be a realist and say that how I, I think it will go um but I'm I'm happy to be proven wrong and I, I really, really hope I am.
1: Oh, you've got to try and speak these things into existence or whatever, Matt. Well, um, in fairness,
0: I did call the I called the four points last week, so perhaps did, yeah. I should go for a for a for an away win. For the well, sake of the podcast, I'll tell you what, for the sake of the podcast, I'll go for a shock away win. For the sake of my professional integrity, I'll go for a narrow home win.
1: Well, I guess we'll see which one wins out uh on on Friday night. Uh, Thanks very much, Matt. Uh, Coming up next, I talk to Voices of the Vic about the Watford uh, season. I'm here with Mike from Voices of the Vic. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, no worries. Uh, It's been a pretty good season for Watford, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, um, considering how it started and where we're at at the moment, it's been a topsy-turvy season, I'll give you that. But um, at the moment, we seem to have hit form pretty much at the right time. So, yeah, I'm I'm delighted with how things are done at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, earlier in the season, uh, Reading obviously picked up a victory over you at the Medeski. And Mm. it's been all change in Watford since then. Uh, Talk us through why the change of manager and also what the new guy has brought to the club.
2: Yeah, so Vladimir Ivich was a, a manager we were very much looking forward to seeing take the reins at Watford. Uh, you know, he'd come over from Israel. He managed Maccabi Tel Aviv. Um, I mean, granted, the Israeli league and the um, Championship aren't, you know, they're two completely different leagues. But if you bring in a winning mentality, you know, you, it doesn't matter what league you're in. If you bring in a winning mentality, usually it will stick. Uh, He's from the Tel Aviv side, see 10 goals all of last season. And uh, after we went down, the first thing we needed was to shore up the defence a little bit. And then on top of that, he was, you know, we were told he was an attacking sort of major, likes his 3-5-2, 4-3-3. And we was like, brilliant, OK, this is is what we want. Uh, We played, uh, like pre-season was really weird. We played Sunthorpe in a game which nobody even got to know who was playing or what the score was, unless there was someone there. Um, and then we played Tottenham, which was able to watch. And from watching the Tottenham game, I thought, "Oh boy, we are in for one hell of a season. This is going to be good stuff." The tempo, the pressing, the everyone's urgency to get back. And then as the season started and as the games were going on and on, you thought. This isn't that same Watford side, and granted, he never had sort of this uh, a full sort of team to ever pick from because of injuries. You know, Will Hughes was out injured for a long time, and Nathaniel Chadler just wasn't uh, this, the the player he is at the moment. And um, we the recognised striker, uh, and we, you know, we just, I did feel he was a bit unlucky in that sense, but. Yeah, it was a Huddersfield away game. and No disrespect to Huddersfield, but you'd expect the team, like course, to be picking up three points there, and it wasn't to be, and that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And then, you know, if you ever saw him, he was a very stone-faced, serious-looking bloke. I don't think I ever saw him crack a smile, not even in training. And then they bring in Sisko, who straight away, he's smiley, he's jokey, he's happy in his press conference, and automatically a change. And then his first game was one hell of a baptism of fire, it was at home to Norwich, we won one 0 which was brilliant. And at the end of the like final whistle, you almost saw it as if we'd been promoted or we'd got through to like a FA Cup final or something because the togetherness with the players, they were hugging each other, they was smiling, everyone was shaking hands with the manager at the end of the game and we thought, Yeah, we really need a manager like this and then yeah, you know, um it, it's not really being straightforward for him. It won't surprise many Non Watford fans to know that there was even talk of Cisco being sacked. Um, he was very stern in his approach and very stubborn in his four four two. He um, he didn't sort of like to budge from that. And um, I think he was one game away, pretty much, from losing his job, which was the Bristol City game. And then changed his formation to four three three. We win six nil, and then um, yeah, it's sort of gone on from there, really. So it's it's been a it's never a dull time as a Watford fan ever.
1: So well, that is certainly the case. Uh, so you have stuck with that 4 since then. Um, what, what does the 4 bring you that the 442 2 didn't? Um,
2: I think it gives us more sort of licence to attack. You know, Ismail Assar, um, I'll bring him in, for example. He, under Ivic, would be asked to play in a 4-4-2 as the second striker. Ivich isn't a striker. Oh, sorry, Ivich definitely isn't a striker. Sar isn't a striker. You know, you'd watch games. I think one that stuck out in my mind was Barnsley away. We lost 1 0. It was one of them games. We threw the kitchen sink at him, but he just wasn't going in. And uh, all, uh, like straight away, you could always see Saar drifting out wide because that's what he likes to do. He likes to be out on that wing. Uh, Ken Semmer, another player who's as part of that from three. He was being asked to play at sort of left wing back and we were really restricting him under Ivic. Uh, Pedro Sars is complemented by those two either side of him. Um, Jean-Pedro is sorry. Um, he's he's complemented by Saar and um, Ismail, yeah, Sarr and summer either side of him. And then Will Hughes and Nathaniel Chalabar, my word. I know you boys had Chalabar on loan for a short stint, I think it was, but we had him probably not long after, not long before you had him. We had him as a like an 18, 17, 18 year old kid from Chelsea. And he just was like, Wow, like this guy's gonna be a talent. He's come back to Watford, not had the best times of injuries and everything, but under this four three three, I mean he's been captain the last what three or four games. Um, and him and Will Hughes in that middle are just being like, Wow, like they, they just look so much more comfortable in a 4 four three three. Um so yeah, I, I just, yeah, I mean, international break come at a bit of a wrong time because we've sort of lost our momentum a little bit in terms of the performances. But the tempo, like that switch to 4-3-3 straight away, the tempo, the, the difference was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I think Nathaniel Chalbert, he was with us when we got to semi final the FA Cup and he was just, he was one of our best players that year. And it's nice to see him doing well, even if it's not in a Reading shirt. Um So yeah, you, you've spoken about the attacking outlet that you now have, but you, you're not conceding many goals either. So is that just because you're always on the front foot or because there's also this defensive, you know, resilience?
2: I think that's testament to Vladimir Ivic to be fair to so, him. You know, I mentioned his managerial, his defensive record as a manager and he definitely brought that side to, to us. You know, there, there was a time when Yes, we were up there in terms of, you know, home form has always been our strong one this season. But there was a time where, away from home, we just couldn't score. But we never conceded as well. Like, we were the lowest away scorers in the league. But at the same time, we were the lowest away conceders in the league as well. So, you could tell that he was sort of building from the back, sort of, to the front. And uh, that is testament to him. and. You know, we brought in William Trusta Kong from our sister club Udinese, who's um, who's he's had a few shaky games, but overall, he's he's been he's been very very good. You know, and um, he's captain for Nigeria, his national side. So you know, you you don't get to captain your national side if you if you like crap basically. And then the surprise inclusion for us has been Francisco Sierra Elta at the back, Chilean, twenty three year old, absolute man mountain of a player, and. The story with him was um, we signed him again from Udinese and we played him in the cup against Newport or Oxford or both. I can't remember which one he played. Uh, and he was dreadful. And we was like, any time we saw his name on the bench from there on, we was like, Jesus, like you know, let's touch wood. No defenders get injured. And uh, we had these masses and masses of Chileans like fans in the, Comment section. Whenever Watford put a tweet out or an Instagram post that it contained Sierra Elsa, these masses and masses of Chilean fans saying how amazing he is. And I thought, if, if he's amazing, he's really setting the bar low. But he come in against, I can't think who it was against. It might have been Norwich, Cisco's first game. And he only come in because of defensive injuries we had. Uh, and he's not lost his place since. He has been incredible. Like, I'd love to see his stats compared to the stats of the rest of the defenders in the in the league, uh, because he's pl- he's played considerably less than say you a sort of mainstay as a centre back would be in the league. Uh, but I reckon he's definitely up there because he's absolutely incredible. And whenever you come up against a big striker, like, you know you've got the likes of uh, sorry to bring this name up after you guys suffered against him, but you've got the likes of uh, Lucas Jukovic from Birmingham City. Uh, you've got the likes of Akim Fenwer against uh, Wickham, uh, Uche Pizu, who we both know uh, in terms of the former clubs, with both of us. And, you know, you, you've got some physical players in that league, physical strikers, but you, we always sort of worry. But uh, when CRL is up against them, are you sort of a little bit more at
1: ease? Yeah, I mean, as you say, I mean, it's always good to have those defensive Centre backs who, who can deal with it because that was one of our problems, as you mentioned, with Jukovic. It was a day where Liam Moore didn't have the best of games and he was kind of bullied a little bit, and that, that's never a good sign. Mm. Um, so, turning our thoughts towards the game um, on Friday night, um, how do you think it's going to go? Um, do you expect it to be a more competitive match than it was uh, at the Medejski with a few more goals?
2: Um. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Um. I'm like I said. You know, the the international break come at the wrong time for us. So I don't know whether that's the feeling in the Reading camp as well, or I, I don't know. But um, like we won six on the well, we'd won five on the bounce going into the international break. We then played Sheffield Wednesday, and it would seem that they were saving all their goals for the Cardiff game, the game after, because they they just like it wasn't convincing one nil win at all, and. At that stage of the season, you can sort of get away with saying, well, you know, sometimes you have to win ugly as well and that's what gets you over the line. But it wasn't convincing at all. And then, obviously, we drew on Easter Monday with Middlesbrough. And at the time before the game, I would have, well, I would have accepted a point away at Middlesbrough. Uh, but with the circumstances for leading for so long and giving away a silly free kick, which then eventually led to the goal, I was disappointed. But after Birmingham did us another favour last night, it's definitely a point gains than two points dropped for our case. So uh, we need to be more clinical against you guys. You know, uh, Lucas Zhao. I, 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 you know, he's a name that sort of sticks out for me for you guys. Um, I think that Puskas. I think he did. He score the winner at your place earlier this season. Was it Puskas? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I know he's not been. If my understanding is correct, he's not been great this season. I, I might be wrong there, but. That that's generally the child of striker that tends to do well against Watford. He's he's a one that's not really in form, but um, I'm expecting it to be a close encounter. To be honest, um, I, I, and I really want us to go for it because we've got uh, we've got three home games left. I want to say, uh, and I think we need probably need about four wins to secure promotion. And I'm definitely looking at those three home games of, of to, to win them, although the last game of the season he's at home to swansea so i'm sort of hoping we wrap it up before then but yeah definitely want to see much more um eagerness is probably the word and us to be more clinical because if we don't we won't get away with it against a team like you boys
1: yeah i mean george Puskas has been injured for most of the season which i think gets lost in the discussion around him a little bit um he scored on easter monday um following up on a Mate shot um whether he'll start or not is still you know, up in the air with Lucas Yao, hopefully coming back into some form. Um, Yeah, you've talked about your promotion chances there. Give give us a number. Like, do you think at the end of this season, Watford will be celebrating promotion to the Premier League?
2: (laughs) Um, I never like being confident as a Watford fan because I was saying to you before we recorded, we do not do things the easy way at all. We will make this. We're 10 points clear at the moment but we will make this the hardest way possible to get promoted. I I just know it. Um, I'd like to think we will. Uh, We've still got to play Norwich, Brentford and Swansea. That's my worry. Um, Norwich possibly could get promoted with the game that they've got to play against us. I Don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, But, you know, Brentford at the moment seems to have hit a little bit of a lull. You know, hopefully that continues. Swansea, I don't know what's happening at Swansea. Uh, Long may that continue. I mean, you know, it, it's you guys aren't far behind them. I think if you were to win on Friday, you possibly what go level points with Swansea. So, uh,
1: I think so yeah,
2: that that just goes to show how much they've fallen. So, you know, in in long in short, do I think that we'll get promoted? Sorry, yeah, I think I think we'll do it, but we we'll make hard work of it. Let me tell you that. No, it's not going to be easy. There'll be some more twists and turns. I can I can assure you that and. It will it will scare the hell out of me if you go if you boys come away or something on Friday on
1: Well, I'm sure that if you don't get promoted, this will be clipped off and and used to haunt <laughs> you for several several yes. years to come. Uh, just finally, what what's your score prediction? Then uh, it sounds like you think that you're going to run out winners, but yeah, what what score line?
2: It's going to be a narrow game. Um, I I I purely only fancy us because we're at home. You know, we picked up 50 points at the Vic this season. That's the most in the whole of the, in, you know, in the English leagues. So, because we're at home, I'm going to go with a 2-1 win. Um, so, yeah, 2-1. But it, it will be closely contested.
1: Uh, well, I think I'll go with the 1-1 draw because I would very much take a point from Vicarage Road. Um, Mike, thanks very much for joining us. Good luck for no the rest of the season. And, you know what, I'm pretty sure that you'll be in the Premier League next year too.
2: Fingers crossed. Thank you for having me.